You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yes, welcome in to Action Movie Rewind here with Mackie and Judd, our friend Declan on the keyboards over there. We have to this point with our old friends Rami and Jonathan. Declan, this will be your first action movie rewind with us. Are you ready for this? I am. I'm very I'm very excited. We have to this point reviewed Bloodsport, Hard to Kill, Con Air, Point Break and Air Force 1. And now we dive into Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Alyssa Milano. This is the plot summary, gentlemen. And a dead mother who we don't know what happened <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. No, there was no explanation. It's just not important to them. Was she dead? Did they say she was Get to the summary, and then I'll tell you why. You get to the summary. And then why I think it's all important. I'm not not going anywhere. Fat chance. All right. Colonel Matrix, who is Arnold Schwarzenegger, is retired and living peaceably with his 10-year-old daughter, who is Alyssa Milano, when she is kidnapped by the henchmen of an exiled Latin American dictator. The dictator's plan is to reinstate himself in power by eliminating the president of his country, using Colonel Matrix to kill him. Or, if Colonel Matrix doesn't pull off this hit, then he will kill Colonel Matrix's daughter. Matrix escapes from the plane that is supposed to be carrying him to his mission and then proceeds to go from one violent confrontation to the next as he hunts down the dictator and moves to rescue his daughter. Helping him is a woman named Cindy, who has her own reasons for wanting the dictator dead. Gentlemen, this movie was a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, a healthy good. 71%. Let's start with Judd. We'll go around the room here. Your favorite part of Commando. Well, hold on a second. That's an impossible. to. I can't give you a favorite part because there's so many Dude. favorite parts. Um, My favorite part of Commando. Okay, outside of the fact that there are, are questions that are not answered and they just don't care. I'm going to give you an overarching theme here, okay? okay. So I'm not, because I've got parts as well, but I think that there's something, if you were teaching um, an action movie rewind class in college, like a professor, and a kid was to say, geez, what should I, how can I do this the best way possible? That's my you calling, know, by the way. Um, this is, to me, my favorite part. There's no BS. Like, they they don't answer questions. They don't care about um, they don't care about tying up loose ends. I mean, think about this: these the guys who are working for this dictator eliminate the guys from Matrix's uh, team that that he had worked with, and they never answer why that's important. Yeah. They just blow they them away them. in glorious different yeah. fashion. I will say there was one brief moment where they kind of alluded to I'll get to that in a okay, little bit. Okay, but anyway, my point is my point is since we've started this exercise, what what was our first film again? Bloodsport. Okay. 
since we started this, and I actually like this about Bloodsport as well. Now, I don't think Bloodsport can right hold to a it, candle baby. to uh, Commando. But when you look at the running time, right? Because the running time, you don't want to see two something. No, an hour and a half is the sweet Perfect. spot for these. Exactly. Hour and a half, baby. I looked just at give, the running give me time. Some, give me some ammunition. I hit play, and I was instantly, instantly smitten with the amount of bullets that I saw flying. Yes. So that was my favorite part takeaway. No BS, no garbage, just nothing but death and Arnold. So my favorite part of the movie is very similar to Judd's, which is the opening sequence. I love like the first five minutes of this movie. Unbelievable. So you get the dictator's henchmen start off by uh, posing as garbage truck drivers and (laughs) murdering what we found out later was one of the guys from Arnold's old uh, military team. They murder the guy right out of the gate. So he comes out, he sees the garbage truck, and he's like, oh, I, I didn't know it was garbage day. Grabs the garbage. He's like, I, I'm, runs glad, it I, down the I'm dr- glad I ca- caught you guys. And these guys just step off the back of the garbage truck, grab a couple Uzis. They grab a couple, like, AK-47s or something. Yes. They shoot this guy up and down. Yes. This is the first 30 seconds of the movie. The guy is lying down completely dead and decimated. He walks up again and fires like three more seconds yeah. worth of rounds up and down his dead body. Just ridiculously violent, all right? <laughs> then they go over to the car dealership, one of the henchmen, and he's sitting in a Cadillac and he's he's talking with the car dealership guy and uh and instead of uh, like he just he just drives it through the glass of the showroom and before he drives it through the glass he says there's like 100 great lines in this movie by the way. He says, you know what I like best about this car? The price. And then he hits the gas and drives out the showroom. And by the way, he rolls the guy up on his hood. I don't think that would really kill you. I mean, the previous guy hurt, just got yeah. riddled uh, your legs with be in 87 shambles. bullets. And this guy just sort of got <laughs> rolled up by a car that's really not going that fast. I like how he's trying to jive with him, too, and talk like him. Yeah. The salesman. Hey, you, like, got, you like this you car. Like this this guy, you then, like, in the third minute of the movie, they blow, <laughs> up, they blow up a boat. And then we get straight into the close-up shots of jacked-up Arnold have some sort of a montage scene with his daughter Alyssa Milano and how they're living this great life and exclusivity. Can we in talk the about the boat somewhere? blow up though? So this guy is going to get on his boat. He looks back and sees these menacing men, right? And he thinks nothing of it and still gets on his, his boat. And one of the menacing men has what clearly is, and by the way, this is the greatest, a 1980s bomb kit. Like it's from a Bond movie or something. Like yeah. what else would you have that for? Now, now it it would be for different things potentially. But back then, it was only to do one thing: blow something up. And I love how he just—he's supposed to be an army veteran, right? And he just looks at these guys and like, "Hey, yeah. what's going on?" But wasn't correct me if I'm wrong on this one. But wasn't Bennett? Bennett's like the main bad guy here next yes. to the chair. Wasn't Bennett the guy on the boat and they faked his death so that he could join up? No. No, I thought the main guy on the boat was the third guy because okay. he was smaller from from Matrix's band of brothers who he had fought with. But again, I might need a second tour through this movie again, just to get all kill, the intricacies. They kill these guys. His name's Matrix. They're all wiped out, and yet I never really get an explanation of why you had to Dude. kill them uh, to get to Matrix or what it mattered if they were dead. I mean, they were all perfectly suburbanite type of guys by now. You wanted Matrix. Yeah. Well, we'll, okay. Well, but they needed, they needed some motivation to draw Matrix out of his exclusivity. Yeah. But they took his kid. So, all right, but we'll get to some of Declan, your favorite part of Commando. Favorite part. Uh, there's a couple, all the scenes with Sully. Sully is such a love scumbag. He's one of the henchmen. Yeah. yeah he is just a such a scumbag, and I love it so much. He's a little guy. Hey, Matrix. And Dude. the one part that really just made me 
LOL was when the, you know, the, the general comes with the helicopter to warn them like, Hey, this is about to go down. And right as he leaves, you know, that the henchmen start shooting off the two, two uh, soldiers and he goes, make sure you shoot downwind. Cause I can smell them. You yeah, can smell yeah. them. <laughs> what? I literally burst Dude, it out into laughter. That whole scene right there was amazing. So, so Arnold is, is laying next to the guy who got like, basically, uh, Arnold's old colonel comes flying in, warns him that there are yep. the hey these guys are after you. They've already killed three of your men, so I'm going to leave a couple of army rangers just to like stake out at your house. Yep. All right, so just just be careful. Like we're going to put a couple army rangers here. Colonel leaves, and within ten seconds, there's someone in the bu- in the bushes just like murdering the army rangers. So army ranger guy, as Declan explains, is all shot up. He's bleeding out. He's laying down, and Arnold lays next to him as if they're both like fully capable. <laughs> right. And says, uh, you know, says something like, you keep a lookout. He's like, this guy's like bleeding out. You keep a lookout. I can smell them down the wind. Like, you can smell the them. Question yes. I've got is, is, you couldn't. Is, so Matrix is this, you know, hero of war, right? One of the great soldiers, Green Berets, or I eat Green Berets for lunch. And the guys that they bring, the army rangers they bring to his house. Like must be the most incompetent army ra- ranger goofballs. Dude, the, the level from of Hogan's heroes of all time. How they just stand there like, oh! I would say the the general level of incompetence among everyone who isn't Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie it's is marvelous, stunning. But Declan hit on something, and I I think we need to spend at least part of this segment breaking down the acting and how the guy who played Sully did not win an Oscar. Okay, so this guy. Can you look this guy up? Yeah. I feel like this guy's been in a couple other things. David Patrick Kelly is his name. Yep. Okay. Go pull up that guy's IMDb. We should get him on. So the opening sequence, when we finally when we finally catch our first glimpse of Henchman Sully hitting on the flight attendant, right? So he sees Arnold Schwarzenegger off onto this commercial flight, by the way, in which Arnold snaps the neck very quietly of the henchman next to him on I this also, plane. I He's also dead tired. The guy to sleep. Don't bother my friend. He's, He's dead, dead tired. tired. Yes. So, so creepy henchman Sully walks up, yep. and this woman Cindy, who becomes part of the rest of the movie, right? She's on the phone clearly with like a husband or somebody. Like she's on the phone with a guy. Yep. And uh, Sully comes walking up and says, "Hey, you look like you need a date. I bet a lot of pretty girls like you meet guys at the airport." <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she tells him he's a creep. So logically, he follows her out of the airport and into the parking lot and says. Walks right up to her next to her car. Can you imagine this happening in real life and how terrifying it would be? And he says, hey, I've got something I'd like to give you. <laughs> yes. Like, what? And by, by the way, they both have these great little sports cars. Yeah. Like, she's One got this Porsche. fantastic yeah. sports car. So, let's talk about the fact that when Matrix is on the plane, okay, he's in first class. They haven't taken off yet. So, people are milling about and milling around that he has time to then elbow and knock out and break the neck of the guy who's supposed to be his uh, chaperone to this uh, place where he has um, been ordered to kill. No one sees it. Nobody sees it. Nobody pays attention. Matrix then takes the blanket, could I have a blanket, and the hat and sticks it on this guy. He then gets up, walks back as the plane is about to take off. And what I also love is he drops from the wheel well of the plane 
Like you would break your leg for sure. Yes. There's no way that you wouldn't break. He, he, he drops into the wheel he fell well, into some swamp land. Into the no swamp problem. Land, into the swamp land, and then just walks. He didn't twist his ankle. Nothing happened. It's marvelous. He didn't rip his clothes. And by nothing. the way, I'm not ripping the movie. I loved it. No, exactly. His clothes were absolutely fine. Dude. And he walks across the runway, and he's avoiding planes like I avoid buses if I'm crossing the street out here. So this whole sequence where, like, he, he escapes from the commercial flight before it really takes off, and he goes in, and he, and he connects with this Cindy gal after she has been creepily hit on by Henchman Sully. And he jumps in her. He, he rips out the passenger seat of her car so he can, like, fit in there and lay down because yep. it's a small car. Yes. And his entire plan. Now, mind you, he has like 11 hours because the bad guys think, the dictator thinks he's on a plane. Yes. So if he doesn't hear from one of his henchmen that they've made it to this island or whatever, he's mm-hmm. going to kill Arnold's daughter. So Arnold, time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. He's trying to save his daughter. He's trying to He's trying to catch up with the dictator. So he's got this massive hill to climb, right? Yep. And his entire plan hinges on convincing a stranger, Cindy, listen, you've got to listen to me. You're the only chance I've got. If they see me, they're going to kill my daughter. Follow him. Follow that man and tell him you're you're crazy about him. Let me know where he's going. And she's like, no. I don't do any of these things And then she tells the cops. (laughs) But then then she knocks the cops off because she decides that Sully is a creep, which she... Should have known from the interaction that they had in the, the airport. By the way, too, another great thing, and this is true of this film and so many films of that genre back then. I love the fact that they couldn't actually find like a foreign bad guy. The bad guy, the, the guy who wants to become the dictator. Yeah, he's the bad. Is, he's a he's a bad guy in like ten different movies. Is Nick Tortelli from Cheers? Yeah. So, like, you are basically, his name is, it's Dan Hada, H-E-D-A-Y-A. So, but the 80s were spent being like, okay, let's get a guy who looks slightly ethnic, and he'll affect an accent. He's a little bit tan. Oh, yeah. He yeah, looks like, exactly. He looks, sure looks like he could be it's a like, terrorist It's like, could you not audition people from different <laughs> countries who might have actually, I mean, there's a lot of good actors. Okay, speaking of, next round of category here, uh-huh. your least favorite part about what is an unbelievable movie. And I will preface my least favorite part by saying, and we haven't gotten to our ratings yet. I knew within 30 minutes, this is one of the greatest cinematic experiences of my life. Okay? Oh yeah. Yeah. This morning was an amazing experience it, for me. I just want to lay that on the film. table. I'm okay? with you on this. Yeah. So, but my least favorite part about the movie goes along with what judges said, which is it's almost like they, it's like they formed a cast and then decided what the movie was going to be. All right. We got, so we got Arnold, and then we got uh, this guy from Cheers, and then we got this other guy who's going to play Bennett, okay? Okay, we need Arnold to be the Army Ranger hero guy. Uh, you look tan. Okay, you're going to be the bad guy dictator. All right, well, who's going to play the other uh, main henchman? Uh, that guy with the mustache is going to play Bennett. So so Bennett <laughs> Bennett is is... It was apparently on Arnold's old like Army Ranger team or Special Forces team at some point, yes. and and we found out that Arnold booted him from the team. At, so I don't know. We didn't get any more details other than like oh. Arnold didn't like this guy when they were in the in the military together, yep. and booted him from his team. Yep. And he's been seething and stewing on this, yes. and eventually got paid a hundred thousand dollars from the dictator. But he didn't take it to help kill this president, right? Well, he, he said he didn't take I, it. I thought he was joking. I do it for free. I do it for free if I can get my hand. And he was like, he had some other foreign accent too. I do it for free if I could get my hands on you. But here's the best part: 
the whole movie is meant to pit Bennett versus Arnold Schwarzenegger as if they are equals who both have the same army background and the same special forces background. Yep. And that's great. Like, it's going to be this showdown at the end of the movie between these two, like, massive military experienced soldiers, right? Yep. And it works with Arnold because Arnold is chiseled out of granite. Arnold is a real-life superhero in the mid-1980s. Yes. Bennett looks like Freddie Mercury after a holiday food binge, okay? It it, It doesn't compute. He's got a beer gut. He has no muscle definition. And we're supposed to believe that it's an even matchup knife yeah. fight between Bennett and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's, was, the, that's my least favorite part that. about the movie. Welcome, it doesn't make sense. Welcome back, John. <laughs> and I love how he's constantly got that knife that he watched. Oh, welcome back, John. And then early in the you movie, he was scared. I think you're scared. I'll be back, Bennett. Yes. Well, the and airport. he, he, first of all, the amount of one liners in this film. Oh, yeah. Dude. And they must have. Okay. So. I'm not trying to make a case here that Schwarzenegger is a thespian, okay? He's he, not a great actor, but they clearly told him, just let it fly. Like, there's no way that those were all scripted. How about when, uh, so early in the movie, he tells Sully, I'm going to kill you This last, is one of my right? favorite lines, yes. And so it comes around, and the, and, the, and the chase scene plays out in the middle of the movie, and and Cindy and Arnold catch up to Sully, yep. and Arnold's trying to get answers out of Sully, and instead he gets... The hotel room key, which is good enough. He'll go find all the travel information, right? Yes. So he's holding Sully up over the cliffside with one arm. Yep. And he's holding it. He goes, be careful, Sully. This is my bad arm, right? (laughs) But then he goes, Sully, remember when I said I would kill you last? I lied. And then he drops. Sully goes, that's right, Matrix. You did. You did. I lied. I lied. And and then he gets back to. so, So he has destroyed her car. Because when he turned, he bashed Sully's car until it actually flipped. He then drives into like a big post or something. And by the way, they're both fine, despite the fact that he's going at Not least a 65. Yeah. And and her car is destroyed, at which point she doesn't care about her car. And she's like, we, we don't have a car or you don't have a car. And he goes and turns Sully's car over, flips it up. And by the way, that car probably destroyed too, but no. Now I do. There, there, well, there was another line between them, too, which was she asks, Cindy asks, hey, what did you do with Sully? Yes. And he goes, I let him go. I, I had to let him go. <laughs> oh, it's just all great. Oh, it's um, so good. My least favorite part, I guess, is is to build off of Phil's point of Bennett being basically me. Um, <laughs> but it's physique-wise. It's, yeah. But the whole island is... Uh, with the, that they're trying to organize this coup on, I guess, because they were going to have Matrix kill the president and then fl- all fly t- and take o- over the island or the country that um, that uh, the guy from Cheers was trying to get because I guess he had decided he didn't like the bar anymore. He's also the guy from the hurricane. He's the he's, he's the racist every- bad guy in the he's hurricane. He's been in everything. Yeah. So anyway, so have you guys ever seen? It's like they found every fat extra on bar stools like the guys that matrix is killing none of them are in shape right so so you're talking about like the final showdown scene i'm right? talking about he kills and, and in fact i'd like to go back and watch and document the amount of kills because he must kill 40 people if so, not more I, i'm gonna guess that someone on the internet has done this so let me just but see. anyway as he's going through it's like is anybody here a soldier really i know it's like they found every guy 
on a bar stool or at a restaurant and said, you oh know what? God. We're going to put a military outfit on you from this fake place and you are going to be killed by Schwarzenegger's character. And they're all just like, they can't even fall well. Okay. There is an article on digitalspy.com. Yep. Sounds legit. Yeah. It ranks two things. It ranks action movie heroes by how many kills they've had on camera. And then it ranks their movies by how many kills they've had. Commando yep. showed 81 kills by Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> on camera. That's about right, yeah. Well, he must have killed 40 to 50 81. on the island alone, right? Oh, it had to be God. around. My 50. favorite was when he was in the shed and throwing blades into yes. people's foreheads. Oh, yeah. yes. He killed He killed two with an axe, and yeah. then he killed two with saw blades. With saw blades. Yeah. Throwing them like you would throw, like, you A know. A frisbee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that big final showdown where he straps on, he puts on the the, the camouflage paint. The eye black is black. great. I have to play outfield. The arm black as well. And I he, got it. And he puts on about 200 pounds of ammunition around his body and a rocket launcher and everything. Yes. And he goes on to kill like 500 en- enemy soldiers. But the best part about that end sequence. So he gets done. He murders half the village. And they're all, by the way, terrible people, right? These are all very bad guys. Yeah, they're out of shape. Although if, I, if I'm that dictator, I might want to go back and reevaluate. Like, I've got an army around me, and they can't handle this one guy. <laughs> you know, where do these people go to military school? But he's in the final showdown with Bennett. And he, uh, he kills Bennett by throwing a giant lead pipe through his torso. He rips it off and then throws it to him. And then I believe the line was something like, why don't you blow off some steam, Bennett? Because there's steam coming out of the yes. the pipe. Yeah. And meanwhile, Alyssa Milano, his 10-year-old daughter, Jenny, is just like up in the rafters watching this entire fight scene, this deadly fight scene play out. This brutal, deadly murder of a <laughs> pipe being shoved through a man's torso, and he's dead. And they cut up to Jenny, the daughter, after the fight scene's over, and she's just got this big smile Yay. on her face. She's not at all tormented. It's over. It's like, what? And then, okay, since we're going down this path, at the end of the movie, so that scene plays out, and then uh, Colonel What's-His-Name comes back and says, I just need you, hey, Arnold, I just need you to assemble your team one more time. Like, man, if you can do this on your own, think about how much you could help. Come come back to the Army and whatever, and make this happen. And he, and he says, no chance. And so he walks toward uh, the puddle jumper plane with his daughter, mm-hmm. and Cindy comes out of the plane. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, Cindy and Arnold literally just met yes. like earlier in the day, right? They they just met like a few hours earlier, and now and I get how they after maybe five or six hours of being in all these near death experiences, but she wasn't, with, she wasn't with him. She wasn't with him. She's in the plane, and she's she's never met his daughter, right? And his daughter's never <laughs> oh, met Cindy. Yes. Yes. And the daughter walks up and hugs Cindy well, as if they've known each other for ten years, like, but they've never met. The other weird thing. Too. The other <laughs> weird thing about the end is so. And yeah, it, it's weird that that she hugs the daughter. But here's what's really weird. So so to reach the island, Cindy, who had taken flying lessons but was basically a novice, okay, on Cessnas. On Cessna, she flew that plane there, and it lands, and they get there, and Schwarzenegger uh, then then gets out the little boat and takes that to the island and kills in his undies fifty five people in his undies, yeah, with with with. But by the way, baseball eye black. There's no doubt in my mind. It's great. He was dressed like early two thousands John Cena (laughs) when he pulled up. But what? But what makes it even better is at the end. So Cindy's with the plane, hugs Jenny. And Matrix, 
and then proceeds to get in the plane and fly it back right. to where? No problem. She can't fly. <laughs> like, and FAA are just going to let her just roaming like, through the skies again? That's what. But like, it takes off like she's a veteran pilot by now. Yeah. Where do you guys think the three of them? Where do you think they wound up like five hours later? Nobody knows. Were they just at like IHOP or it something? Didn't, just right. decompressing? You know what? Here's the thing. It mat- This is what I loved about it. The film embraced that it didn't matter. Like nothing had to be tied up. Like I'm not saying that Cindy would have gotten in trouble for flying the plane there. But if you're the army, you're sure as hell going to like take them in the chopper. And the fly them the back. Joppa. The helicopter is going to fly them back, right? Amazing. But no, they just get in and take off like it's a family cruiser. I yeah. just thought Cindy's character for the ninety nine percent of this movie was completely unnecessary. It like <laughs> if she wasn't needed in the film outside of the of the flying Arnold to the place. Yeah, like she, she comes. What did she like? Other than kind of flying the plane, well, he, he out gets of arrested at the after they rob and he takes the uh, oh that's right the thing the forklift through the. Up front of what I think is like a sporting goods slash gun store, which had rocket launchers in the back. And then he gets arrested. And so she does use the rocket launcher. Well, backwards, backwards. But then she turns it around and overturns the right. um, the uh, paddy wagon that Arnold's in to get him out. I think it was a. I think it was like this. There has to be some sexual tension. But they never. But we they really never don't so much as kids. But we really don't. But we really don't. But she hugged Jenny, so we're to assume I guess she replaced mom. And she. Just, <laughs> I don't what know. happened to mom? That's what makes it so genius. What, what happened to we mom? We don't. Oh no. Also, no one cares. What was the point of Arnold ripping out that passenger seat? What was the point? So oh, he could say lower. Yeah. What was the point of that? He, he didn't want. He partially. No sense. No, no. He partially didn't want Sully to see him. And so he, he was trying Arnold to Schwar- be he's like below the thing. Pounds. He's like pounds. Sully noticeable. Man was oblivious. Sully was oblivious. Oh, and the scene. Uh-huh. Come on. The scene in the mall. <laughs> we haven't even gotten there yet. The scene in the <laughs> he mall. He takes a wacky floating two man and How all the way down do there. Like he's Schwarzenegger. You'd fall. Wow. And he lifts up the phone uh-huh. booth that Sully's in. And Sully's like shooting. Yeah. And then he just stops <laughs> shooting. over. Amazing. There's two or three other things, too, that we haven't even touched on yet. One of the other great lines in this movie, I eat green berets for breakfast, and right now, I'm very hungry. <laughs> yes. That's with the scene with the guy from, with, with the Cadillac yeah. in the hotel room. I eat green berets for breakfast, and right now, I'm very oh, and, hungry. And the couple, the, the couple having sex in the room that they break into, who just sit there screaming oh, oh. As, as bullets are flying yeah. by them, but take no action to like get out of there okay. is also great. I have questions about that couple. So I think it was supposed to be a prostitute. It had to have been. Yeah. I think it was supposed the, to be the, a, the guy it was a cheap like, hotel. The guy looked like an 80s IT nerd, yeah. and this gal was like, has like the biggest implants you've ever seen yes. in your life. Blonde, like there's no way but in the 80s that that guy's. That's my point, though. It's like the film. It's like the people who did the film said, we don't have a huge budget. We're paying Arnold all of this cash. We need a couple quick storylines. We've got to find Matrix, the Matrix character, some sexual tension, but we're not going to pay that off. And by the way, how can we achieve gratuitous nudity at some point? Okay, here's how. A prostitute and a guy, and they are in like their me. room. Yes, and they're in their room, and Schwarzenegger and the other bad guy come <laughs> flying through literally the wall. Sometimes you outkick your coverage, okay? It happens. Man. Okay. Or you just pay a lot of money. A couple other things that stood out. <laughs> yes. When the henchmen kidnap Arnold's daughter from their secluded house up on the hillside. Yep. 
and Arnold goes. So they so they drive away. And there, so there's two cars that are that are driving away, and he sees them driving away you, after he kills one of the guys. Are you going to talk about the truck? The truck. He goes down. <laughs> he sees that his brakes have been cut on the truck. Yep. And basically says, "I don't care." Gets in the truck <laughs> yes. with no brakes. Yes. Pushes and I think I want I want to say the truck also may not have even like he the, the engine they had might have been all shot. The wires. Yep. So, so you it he was couldn't shot. He couldn't turn the truck on. Right. And he and, and the truck had no brakes, so he pushes the truck up toward the hill. Right. And just gets in it yes. like like it's a sled, basically. Yes. And just barrels down the hill until he barrels into one of these cars uh-huh. with no brakes, nothing, not a scratch on his body. Just an unbelievable action scene. Can and somehow t- catches on fire. Can we? T- oh, of course. The car oh, catches on. Got to blow that car up. Here's my question about that entire scene. They show him occasionally in the car or truck as it's careening downhill after hill, and when they show him, he looks almost passed out. So I guess my question was, but when he gets out before it blows up, he's completely fine and just runs out. So my question is, like, shouldn't he have looked a a little bit more sure of what he was doing as the truck careened down those hills? Because he looked damn near like he was about to pass out. And then, yes, the fact is, in the the 1980s, if you had a chase scene that was going to end with a car flipping, if you didn't blow that car up at least twice, you weren't worth a damn. I mean, Chips did this. You had to blow things up. Yeah. The other thing that stood out. I've got one for you after you're done. I have, yep. I have never seen, up, up until this morning, I had never seen Commando, but I have on five or six occasions for Gopher football tweets have used the row the boat gif on oh, Twitter. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I, so I finally put two and two together and found out where that Arnold Schwarzenegger row the boat gif came from. It came from Commando. It's, oh, so funny. Glad Fantastic. To, All glad right. To tie that together. I got one, at least one. How great is the scene where, again, two out-of-shape dudes in the country that they're supposed to uh, overthrow are waiting at the airplane for, for Matrix and his chaperone to come off, okay? So they're waiting there, and, I mean, these guys look like they just downed eight bags of McDonald's or BK or something, okay? So we all know, as viewers, that the guy who was supposed to oversee Matrix is dead. But how great... Is it that they like they don't show the waitresses on the plane, flight attendants reacting to, oh, my God, this guy's dead. All you see, all you you get again, cutting right to the chase is his body being carried off with a with a blanket over him to to indicate he's dead like he's a piece of luggage <laughs> like nobody and then the guy and then one of the two guys goes and takes the thing off and is like Dang, and it runs right to a payphone here's the other great thing country yeah, to country a, a, a lot of this movie revolves around like this movie couldn't happen as easily now because it revolves around the inability for the henchman to just pick up a phone right and call but, the dictator and say but he, he still, got away but he still does because because you see him run into a phone booth like clark kent and the next thing is at the island that the dictator's on, there's this ring ring. So it's like all he had to do was go put like a quarter in? Yeah. Yes. It's just fantastic. <laughs> but I love the fact that they didn't show a reaction of the staff to the fact that this guy was dead. His nose was bleeding profusely at one point. They just took him off the plane like he was lost luggage. Any other final observations before we get into the last couple of questions here? I have one more. I got to go through my notes again. All right. And this is more just a general Arnold Schwarzenegger movie observation, and I might be missing some here, but I, I feel like a main theme in Arnold movies is kids in danger. So Commando, Kid in Danger. Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop, Kids in Danger. Jingle all the way. Kind kids of. in Danger. 
True Lies, daughter kidnapped. Yeah. Kids in danger. Yep. So he's, there's always like, it's like him fighting bad guys with like a kid in danger off the side. Could this movie have been an extra 30 minutes? No. No, Shouldn't I think it was perfect. It was perfect. Yep. I agree. I don't think it, an hour and a half, baby. An just, extra 10 would have rubbed me the wrong way. I love the fact that they they basically cut right to the chase and said, this is what you're going to, to get. To me, it was the fast food of action films. It might not have been great, but man, was it satisfying. Yes. And you just crave it sometimes. All right. Definitive bad guy rankings. Wait, wait, wait. I got more notes here. Okay. Observation one. Okay. I swear to God, other than a jingle being adjusted here or there, the music is the exact same that they use on 48 Hours with Nick Nolte and Murphy. Really? I think it's the exact same. That sort of... I can't define the it. The music didn't seem to necessarily fit an action movie. It sort it, of it fit more a cop film. Yeah, or like even like a kid's movie or I something. I think they like bought it or something. Okay. The second is the lines of the security guards in the mall must be discussed. You yeah, it's, it's a bunch big of like mother. M- MFers. And- you ladies want to go see me kick some ass? Yeah. <laughs> that part was so great. He's flirting with teenage girls. Yeah. No, exactly. Gets a, gets a call and says, hey, I need some backup. There's a massive guy over here. You ladies want to like, see me kick some ass? Well, and then his comment, as Dex just said, is, that's oh. one big MFer. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. So good. All right. Definitive bad guy <laughs> rankings. So this will be, Declan, you're at a disadvantage here because we've already started to rank we're, we're collectively ranking where all of these action movie rewind bad guys are. And so the order so far to this point is Cyrus the Virus from uh, Con Air is number one. The angry terrorist Ivan from Air Force One is two on our list of bad guy rankings. The corrupt senator from Hard to Kill is three. Chong Lee, the villain fighter from Bloodsport, is four. Bodhi, who is Patrick Swayze from Point Break, is five. And then uh, we have to place here with our sixth action movie rewind the murdery dictator in Commando. So are we going him or uh, Bennett? It's a good question because Bennett is who's the main villain in this. Movie? I think is it's it Bennett. Bennett. I think it's Bennett Be- because because the guy who wants to who wants Matrix to overthrow the government actually gets killed before Bennett. So I got to be honest, man. Like the concept of Bennett in the script would be like number one or number two on this ranking. Okay, this is a, a, a former army ranger. He is, his hands are lethal weapons, and he has gone rogue to work for dictators, and he has lost all sense of morals. He is a crazy psycho on the loose who constantly wields army knives. Like, on paper, oh my God, like that guy's got to be number one, number two. And then you see, it looks like, again, he looks like Freddie Mercury Ate Steven Tyler. Yep. And then yeah, is does. in line at a Burger King he or does. something. Yep. I, I don't know if I can put Ben. And uh, did Bennett even kill anybody in this movie? Like he's incompetent. No, and he's chasing Jenny. Like the whole time the Matrix is killing all of these men, he just chases his daughter. Not, I got I got to put daddy. him. <laughs> I got to put him last. I got to put him last. I'm sorry. I haven't seen a lot of those movies, I'll be honest. But I got to imagine he's last. Like, yeah. how would he fare in a fight against any of these other guys? Cyrus the Virus would outsmart him. Yeah. All right. Uh, angry terrorist Who Ivan from Air Force of our, One. Our list there. Who's at the end? Bodhi from Point Break. Bodhi was so hard. Be, and, and it's not because he wasn't good. It's because he was hard to dislike and you almost were trying to reform. Yeah. Oh, okay. Chong Lee in Bloodsport. I'm going to use the interpretation 
of these rankings to do this, okay? Be- because this, his script, Bennett's script was great. Like, welcome back, John. Absolutely. I mean, there's great lines. I'd do it for free. I do, yeah. I mean, he's, I love the knife that he constantly is caressing his palm with, but not cutting himself. There's so much about his character. I am going to put him, and I'll explain why quickly. I'm going to put him above Bodie, second to last, because the thing with Bodie is I liked him a lot. I mean, he's, if, if he had been a bad guy, because Swayze's great. If he had been a true bad guy, he'd be way up that list. But the reality was by the end of Point Break, I was just like, go everybody. I love this film. So I'm going to put Bennett above Bodie just based on the fact that he truly was a bad guy. But definitely deducting points for, for the fact that he spent the week before that at, a, um, at several fast food restaurants. Yeah. So you're putting him above Bodie. I'm putting him above Bodie, not, but I'm doing it because Bodie, to me, was okay. not a bad guy. I can get with you on that one. Okay. We'll put Bo- so Bodie was, a, was a wonderful guy. character, but just was kind of like a tweener. He was kind of a, he's like Stone Cold Steve By Austin. By the end in the of 90s. that film, do you hate him? No, you, I, you, I, you I like him. For him. Yeah, I empathize no with him trying to go uh, go on the strip. All right, we'll put him fifth. Before we get to our official rankings, our one through ten uh, Seagal scale, I do want to give you guys more of this article from DigitalSpy.com. Good. These are the definitive statistical rankings of action movie heroes based on how many kills they have on screen. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger is number one with three hundred twelve career kills. 81 in Commando, 44 in Total Recall, 51 in True Lies, 25 in Predator, and 29 in Eraser. Who do you think is number two on this list? Seagal? No. Not Seagal. No, I, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to give you a hint, okay? Well, wait, no, no, no. I'll go without a a hint. (laughs) Wow. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say, because I think a lot of people listening to this right now probably say, Bruce Willis, because he's killed a ton of people. Oh, that's a good guess. But I'm going to go with pure kill rate, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone is third. Mm. Okay, because John Rambo. Stallone is 227 career kills. John, John Rambo <laughs> is kills. John Rambo is prolific, you guys. Like I mean, pro football dude, it's watch they, Rambo. They cheated. They had so many Rambo movies, though. So he had 87 kills in the 2008 Rambo reboot, 72 kills in Rambo 3, 51 kills in Rambo 2. How many in one? Uh, it's not on his top five list of kills. That's BS, okay? <laughs> that list is crap. He's got, apparently he John has more, killed he has more a lot killed. of people. He had 11 in Tango and Cash and 25 in Demolition Man. So All you're right. saying that John Rambo's first movie not on that list? Well, it, no, it's on the list. It's just not, he apparently didn't kill. Well, that's crap. He didn't kill He was mowing than, down a forest full of people. Well, they did put the original Rambo, but they had 2008 on here. So maybe they substituted that one for the I, I don't, don't know. I don't like this list. Anyway. Okay, I'll give you one hint for who's number 2 on this list. All right. He's he's not someone you he's not necessarily who you would think of as an action movie hero. In fact, his most noteworthy role in a movie, he only killed one person as a villain with his hands. Had gloves on his hands. Did Dolph I- Dolph Lundgren is number two on this list. His what? most famous kill is Apollo Creed in Rocky Four. Yeah. I'd say that's Rocky, yeah. His five most bloodthirsty films, The Punisher with 54 kills, Bridge of Dragons with 51, Red Scorpion with 38, Sweepers with 36, and Showdown in Little Tokyo 
with 27. I demand a recount. Clint, got Clint Eastwood is fourth on this list with yeah. 185 kills. That's that. legit. Yeah. Nick Cage is fifth with 79 kills. Ooh. Half of them coming in Bangkok Dangerous in uh, 2008. I can't stand Cage. I'm a Declan on this. I'm That's a bunch of BS. Let's see here. There's more. Scroll to read next. Oh, no, that's it. They're just giving you the top five. If we're going to so, do top five villains, and I don't know if we can quantify this in Action Movie Rewind, but can we do top five sleazebags? Like, Sully is a sleazebag. Sully's bag. in there for sure. You Sully's know? great. Like, there's usually, and there's usually someone like that who's just a sleazeball and just a horrible individual. I don't know if we can quantify it. Yeah, there's another one. We'll, we'll do True Lies at some point. There's the True Lies guy who pretends that he's like an FBI agent or something and tries to get with Jamie Lee Curtis and he's got a mustache. It's like there's always a little bit of a weasel. True Lies is, is a classic. I do enjoy True Lies. All right. Commando on a scale of one to ten Seagulls. How many Seagulls are you giving Commando? Declan, you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, I'll go first. Go ahead. I'll give that. A, I'll give it an eight. I'm not even a big action movie rewind action movie guy as much as you guys are. I'm interested in, in getting more into them. So I, 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 I'm willing to learn more. But this was... <laughs> This was captivating from the start, and it was actually hilarious. There was moments where I legitimately was laughing out loud. And it's cheesy, but it was it was amazing. So I'd say 8 out of 10. Judd? I, I believe I did this with um, Hard to Kill, and I will do this again because, again, th- this meets everything I'm looking for for the most part, and I'm giving it 10 Seagulls. No. It, it's just marvelous. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I love the fact that they dismiss storylines. <laughs> I love the, the fact that they insist on on a female character, but they do nothing with her, really. I mean, this is just perfect. <laughs> I got to say. It's like a no-hitter. Uh-oh. I'm with Judd on this. It's a 10, man. Wow. It is 10 Seagulls. This is, I think, every great action movie has to have some cheese ball to it. Yeah. I think length is important. I don't think you can be going two-plus hours. You know, don't drag it out. You know, we, don't need, we don't need too much storyline, okay? Right. I think the fact that they left out very important parts of the storyline, I think that I think that feeds Helps. into my ten rating. And yeah. the start, is, who cares who who the mom of yeah, Alyssa Milano is? And the start, which we like, we did I miss it? Like they didn't ever explain. No, they never explained no, it. Right. They don't care. And but I mean, how great is the start? I mean, the guy's like, his wife's like, they've moved garbage day. And he's like, oh, that's right. And he like hustles down. I'm glad I caught you guys. <laughs> and yeah, it's just great. In like suburban area where oh, I know everyone had to have heard all those shots. And they killed them too. Those, I don't know that, that they had to kill them, but the fact that they killed them all quickly, so like it wasn't this buildup of kill, buildup of kill. It was just, it was basically like the red zone channel of kills. So it's like <laughs> amazing. Let's go to garbage day. Now let's go to boat guy. Now let's go to guy selling car. Yes. All right. It is time Ten. to pick our movie for next week, and I believe the ball is in my court. So, because you pick Commando, yeah, it'll be you and then Declan. So I'll go, and then you'll oh, pick sweet. one for next week. Okay. But for for next Friday, gentlemen, and the audience, if you're if you're listening, we would love for you to watch these movies with us in advance, and then listen along with us on Fridays during this action movie rewind. Send your thoughts. Next week, yes, we go back to one of the top five action movie kill statisticians of all time. <laughs> We're going back to the Nicolas Cage well here. The analytics. Okay. The Rock is our movie for next week, gentlemen. With Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, and a vacant Alcatraz Island. Let's do this. I don't think I've seen The Rock, so this is exciting. Oh, my God. You want to talk about cheesy dialogue. Kind of some similar themes. I won't spoil it for you, but uh, a lot of, like, a lot of commando themes that lead to the formation of the henchman circle. The Rock next week on Action Movie. Can't wait.
All right. And what year is that? I'm looking it up right I now. I want to say like 1996 or something. Just a sweet spot right there, right? It's like right in the middle of the mid-90s run. June, it's like Nicholas Peak, Nicholas Cage. Good. Released June 7th of 96. Okay. All right. So, all right. That's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. Don't forget, you can also find daily Vikings discussions on our Purple Daily channel and YouTube.com slash Score North as well. Action Movie Rewind. What a gem. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.